And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and this is the third of three uh, podcasts I'm doing with this gentleman this morning. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning, McHugh. This is Buddy Mincy, State Rep, District 71, Sedem Springs Walker area, and I'm currently running for a Senate in District 13. And uh, we have talked about uh, the first one was a legislative wrap-up. Uh, of course, you'll be heading into an extraordinary session to discuss uh, and, and possibly undo some vetoes by the governor. Uh, and then we talked about capital outlay for a little bit. And now we're going to be talking about an ongoing uh, sort of legislative drainage um, and mitigation effort uh, that you have made. Of course, um, <clears throat> not a whole lot to talk about uh, from 2020, just sort of dealing with COVID, right? Uh, but getting into the 2021 regular session, um, you know, we talked, and I would really recommend folks to go back um, to those other two. You can visit them at www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast. They'll also be on our Facebook page, and they are also on any podcast platform you want to listen to. Uh, but one of the things that we discussed in both that podcast and the next one was the process that goes into these things. Um, it is long. It's arduous. It takes, you know, uh, working with colleagues, discussing some things up there at the legislature, um, sometimes getting into a little bit of a fight, uh, you know, to, to get some things. It's very competitive. Um, so you started off in 2021 uh, with a couple of concurrent resolutions, which means that it's both houses coming together. Um, let's start with 46, which is uh, the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. Those of you out there may have heard of it as CPRA. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things that you wanted them to do is get involved in the Amy River Basin. So tell us a little bit about what this uh, HCR 46 was all about. Yeah, McHugh, and, and uh, let, me just, let me just say this, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of people in our community are, are frustrated, uh, especially the ones who have lived here for so long. Um, you know, you've seen our parish grow so much. Uh, we see we're all we all sit in the same traffic issues, uh, sit in the same traffic. Um, we all worry about you know flooding whenever the the, the you know the, the water, we get a lot of rain or a big storm comes in. You know our area has always worried about flooding along the Amit River, um, but 2016 changed that, and and you know it's a, we're hypersensitive about it. Um, and you know as a legislator, um, I've been really focused on um, quite a few things. One of them being infrastructure. Um, one of them being education, and the last one being um, flood protection. Um, this has been a priority for me. You know, all my life I've dealt with floods. You know, I've never, prior to 2016, I never flooded. But I, but I know plenty of people, family and friends who who've have histories of flooding, uh, 76 and 83, uh, and, you know, some of those historic floods back in the day. And um, I've always been involved in that process. I've always been involved in, in helping people sandbag. I've always been involved in, Helping them clean their houses out after after the, it's flooded. I I remember whenever I was real young, I was pumped out, uh, stayed up all night helping people pump out houses. And so I've you know I've dealt with um, with flooding all my life. It's something I'm real. I live real close to they meet. It's something that I'm 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 very specifically um, focused on. Uh, but 2016, you know, it, it was in my it was in my house as well as 94 percent of our parish. So flooding is something you know that's that's on all of our our radar and rightfully so. Uh, so legislatively, you know, we started conversations in 2020 trying to address the the, um, the 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 dam on the interstate that flooded the northern part. Uh, but in 2011, um, 21, we actually had some legislation that we done. 
you know, so, you know, one of the first things that I wanted to do, um, you know, Congressman Graves had secured $1.2 billion for, you know, for Louisiana in response to the 2016 flood. So we can try to put things in place to prevent it from happening again. Uh, the governor took that one point. It was it was designated for the 16 flood, but the governor took that money and he spread it across the state. Uh, he put it and he spread it across the state in a competitive uh, base. You had to go out there and apply for it and you had to be competitive to win those awards. And, um, you know, Amen River Basin has been around for a long time. I think it's been around since 1982. Uh, they put Amen River Basin in a in a region to go after that Louisiana Watershed Initiative funding that stretches from the Mississippi River all the way to the Mississippi line. So we're in a, we're in a, um, a, a bureaucratic region of six flood, zone, flood zones. Flood, um, and, and I thought we should be in a position to where the Amy River Basin advocates for itself. So I initially started out trying to identify or trying to, to do something to make um, the Amy River Basin its own region. And in doing that, we ran into a, you know, an, an obstacle. Uh, the 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 Louisiana Watershed Initiative was by executive order only. It was not statutory. So as a legislator, I couldn't do anything to improve that process. Um, so what could I do? Uh, during those conversations, it came to light that there was a lot of opportunities that we could do something with Amit River Basin Commission. The Amit River Basin Commission is empowered for floodplain management of seven parishes, including Livingston. Uh, the the problem with them is, you know, they've been in they've been in existence since 1942. And they've only they've only done one project. That's the Comet River. The Comet River diversion is is the Amit River Basin's one hit wonder. It's the only thing they've done it. Um, and the only reason we're doing it is because Congressman Graves has gotten it funded for us. So you know, in that process, there was a there was a lot of my colleagues who've been around and frustrated with Amit River Basin. They actually wanted to dissolve it. They wanted to do away with it. Um, I saw it as an opportunity for us to improve it. So HCR forty six and twenty one, we uh, we directed CPRA to coordinate a comprehensive evaluation of Amit River Basin and give us some suggestions. Um, they, the suggestions they, they will be working towards was the foundation for a le piece of legislation that I passed the, the next year. And then HCR uh, 82, we did in 21 as well. Again, those conversations started in 2020 to get DOTD to give us a, a fix, a solution to interstate barrier. We passed the, the resolution HCR 82 to ask them to study it. Uh, so in 2022, this is probably a, this was a significant piece of legislation that we passed. Uh, it was HB 686, and it basically overhauled um, Amy River Basin Commission. I'm gonna give you some highlights of some things that we changed. We expanded their jurisdiction. Uh, we changed the, the the number of commissioners. We had seven from the parish and six from legislators. Uh, we required qualifications of our commissioners. Some of the at-large commissioners, we made them have engineering backgrounds, civil engineering backgrounds. Um, you know, uh, floodplain management um, and so project management and so forth. We required live board meetings. We added CPRA and PLD um, on the, the committee. Uh, DOTD was already there in, in, in the capacity of an advisory capacity, non-voting. We added CPRA, which is, which is our Coastal uh, Restoration Protection um, Agency, and also um, PLD, which is a Pontchartrain um, Levy District. Um, we required a two-thirds vote for anything that they move forward. They got to have a two-thirds vote to, to approve a project. And the two-thirds vote in a, in a seven parish that's all competing amongst themselves is going to make them work together. Um, we established a land bank that the, that the Amit River Basin has a lot of land that they bought on both sides of the, of the canal. They actually can do a wetlands mitigation bank. 
Um, and then we required to develop the board to develop a master plan, required the board to develop an annual plan for watershed management, and then required each parish to submit their annual hazard mitigation plan. Um, then the next thing we worked on was uh, HR 149. Um, we asked ARBC uh, to work in conjunction with CPRA uh, to look at the, the, the surge protection from the Lake Marpaul and also the erosion of the north shore of Lake Marpaul and Livingston Parish, looked at dredging of the Amit River, uh, we looked at dredging the confluent area of the Amit River where the Amit River dumps into Lake Marpaul, going out into the lake and trying to get it to have some capacity. Uh, we also asked them to assess the, um, the, level, the effects of the pumps and levees um, of other surrounding parishes. Uh, so we've, we've asked for them to, uh, to do that study and we're, and we're, and we're waiting for those results. Uh, we also passed H.R. 156, which requested uh, the Congress to make some investments into the Amy River Basin. So we're working with Congressman Graves and our senators to try to get some more money in the parish. And then we did H.R. Uh, 181. H.R. Uh, 181, you know, uh, again, um, I couldn't pass legislation to make the Amy River Basin have its own region, but I passed a, a resolution that, that, that basically, you know, directed OCD to do this. And then Senator White did one of the SR-164. Um, and, and look, we, we passed those resolutions, both those resolutions unanimously, but um, the, the LWI, Louisiana Watershed Initiative, did not want to do it. So I had to fight them for probably six to nine months. Uh, went to multiple meetings, work groups with, him, with them to, uh, to make sure they had a complete understanding of the legislative intent. Our intent was for the Amit River Basin, which is the only floodplain in, in uh, this, this listed statutorily. Our intent was to have us as our own water, um, Louisiana Watershed region, and I'm going to explain a little bit why that was so beneficial. Uh, that same year, in 2022, worked with Senator White to secure $8 million for ARBC to develop some master plans, and we worked with uh, Shake Snyder, uh, Speaker Shake Snyder to get $10 million dedicated to the Amit River Weir. Um, this is the weird diversion that we talked about earlier. Um, so in 2023, you know, I, I talk, we've talked before about the report that I asked DOTD to give us to solution on the Amit River. Well, right, they, and you brought up the resolution that you passed in 2020, or we skipped over it, excuse me. You did pass HCR 82 in 2021. If you go back um, to a discussion we had on your legislative wrap-up, you discussed how uh, basically they wasted two years. That's, that's correct. So. The report, look, we worked with them in, in good faith. They assured me that in, if I gave them two years, they would give us a practical and cost-effective um, solution to that barrier. Uh, here's the solutions. Number one, they said we're going to build an elevated structure for 30 miles at a price over $10 billion. Uh, number two, they were going to go and tear down the interstate, tear it all the way down to the grade level of surrounding area, and, uh, and basically rebuild the interstate. Uh, number three, they were going to remove the barrier completely and have no barrier there at all. So that opposing traffic would have no separation, nothing in between it. And then number four, they actually talked about they were going to um, they were going to do something, you know, along the drilling holes or something along the barrier. Uh, but but basically, you know, we we worked with them in good faith for two years for them to give us a cost effective and practical approach. And, and they gave us, you know, they gave us a report that was basically it was insulting. So in, in 2023, we came back um, and we passed HB 406. Basically, it puts me where I started two years prior to trying to get them to give us a solution. Uh, we passed HB 406, which mandates that DOTD gives us a cost-effective and practical solution. And once we, once, you know, that barrier, 
you know, that barrier flooded, it compounded the flooding in Dunn Springs Walker on the north shore, north side of it. Once we get that solution identified, we are, we'll go after some capital outlay to get it fixed. Okay, so you wanted to, um, there's a 2023, uh, well, we just talked about the cost-effective solution. You wanted to give an Amy River Basin Commission update. I do want to give some context for some people here, though. First and foremost, the Louisiana Watershed uh, Initiative, if you don't know what that is, um, was developed by the governor's office, uh, specifically Office of Community Development. This was uh, funded by a block grant, a community development block grant that came out of Washington, D.C. Um, basically, it divided uh, the state up into, I believe, it's seven watersheds. Yes. Uh, and each uh, watershed was going to, as you so mentioned. Actually, it was eight. Eight. Eight watersheds, and each watershed was um, tasked with banding together, which, of course, is an, an interesting exercise in and of itself, and compete for uh, phased-out dollar uh, appropriations that would come once every two years Correct. over a six-year period. Uh, Livingston Parish, and specifically the Amy River, was thrown in with St. Helena, Tangy, Washington, and St. Tammany. EBR, and EBR. And EBR. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about I forgot EBR was in there. So, um, you know... That brings me to a Meat River Basin Commission. Uh, Eighty-two, eighty-three is 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 roughly correct. Um, this is a, a a in you know a sub entity of the state that does not exist anywhere else. Um, they had a lot of uh, interesting background to them. They've been collecting a property tax now for about thirty-five years. Twenty. Twenty years. Um, and of course, you know, one of the interesting things that uh, we have noted in the past is that uh, because of the increased cost of poker. Uh, it, it has become uh, more cost efficient for them to use that money on land acquisition and planning and then trying to go to the state, to the federal government to try to get money to actually enact projects. Um, I had a bit of a tiff myself with the ARBC a few years ago because uh, they were worried that that might uh, hurt their tax funding. But uh, I mean, people can see these dollar amounts. I mean, you and I are going to be talking about the co-meet here in just a minute and it's consistently increasing tab. Uh, but give us a little bit of an update on um, how the changes have gone from 2022 and what's going on with ARBC. Um, and, and we'll start with a new board was installed on February 7th of this year. That's correct. So, and, and let me just go back and, you know, again, just touch base on it. You know, Amit River Basin has, has been it's been around for a long time, and, um, and but it's just been stagnant, and, and, it's, and it's only worked on the one project. And But it was it was a good instrument. It was a good instrument to actually provide a regional approach to floodplain management. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we saw that as an opportunity to increase it. Uh, we made the changes in HB 686 in 2022, and, um, and it basically enabled Amy River Basin to be uh, rejuvenated, if you will. We took an existing measure uh, instrument and made it better, and I'm going to go over some of their, their successes that they've had in just a, a real short period of time. So that new board, new board was installed uh, February the seventh. So they've only been there for about five months. Um, already, they've established some some new some committees. They got a project in, inventory committee. So they vetted close to five hundred million dollars worth of flood risk reduction projects for potential submission in the Louisiana watershed for round two. Um, now, me 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 clarify something for you. That one point two billion was intended to um, to help us prevent a a repeat of the massive flooding that we had in 2016. So, you know, I would argue that Livingston Parish was 94% of it was inundated with water. 94% uh, of our residents were flooded. We were one of the hardest hits parishes that they were. 
in round one of Louisiana Watershed Initiative funding and that block grant that you talked about, we, we didn't get one dollar. We didn't got we didn't get anything. Um, I attended several other meetings and expressed, you know, how how just how disheartened and, and, and how it was just so disappointing. And it wasn't fair because that money was generated for parishes like us. We didn't get any, but but we didn't do our job our, to be competitive in that process. So, you know, the ARBC, which is they're the ones that are designed to, re, to take a regional approach and do floodplain management. You know, they didn't submit one project in, in round one. So, again, in, 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 since it's been redone in five months, they vetted over $500 million worth of potential projects. And they've su- submitted $85 million worth of flood uh, risk projects in the LWI for review and consideration in round two. Um, they've also developed their first ever project as a new board to submit on behalf of the commission. Uh, they established an executive director committee, uh, developed the first ever job description, developed a salary range, and they're advertising for a new executive director right now. So we're getting off on the right foot. You know, the, the, the executive director had been there for a long time, had, had resigned. Uh, they've got over 50 applicants at this point. Um, and then they developed a procurement guidance. Before, there really wasn't a whole lot of a need of a procurement guidance because they wasn't procuring anything. Um, but now we're, we're, we've tasked them with generating projects. And uh, so they, they, they did a guide uh, to ensure the proper process, policy, and procedures in respect to advertising, award, and professional services. Um, and then here, I think this is some of the most important thing. Um, they've procured $4 million worth of a basin-wide study uh, via the capital. That's, this is the, the go back and study the, um, um, the, 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 the region. And then they've worked with GOSEP, and they've obtained $3.5 million in uh, HMGP funding with no cost sharing requirements to fund flood risk reduction projects within the area. So all these things that we just went over, um, the, the ARBC has just been able to accomplish. Um, you know, we, we didn't have those opportunities before. So the HB 686 that we passed in, in 2022 enabled this to happen. And um, hopefully this is the beginning of a lot of good announcements that come out of AR, um, ARBC. Um, but we hopefully we've given them and put them in a proper posture that they can they can do some good work. Um, and I'll say this that I think I think our Amen River Basin in its current posture is um, is 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 a really just is something that the other areas of the state are looking at um, as as a role as a, this is what they want they they want to make their areas do the same thing. So uh, it's created a pretty good bit of buzz across the state. Um, but it's it, I think more importantly it's created a tremendous amount of opportunity for us in our parish. Right, and I mean it, it's it's a engine, uh, a function that we've had. Uh, it, it just you know the original scope kind of got lost in sort of a lack of funding, and to a certain extent, a lack of direction. And so uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And I I would like to inform people uh, when I say lack of funding, it's the comment I made earlier. Um, the price of poker on doing full on projects is just too much for a property tax to function, but that does not make it unimportant. Uh, There's still planning that can be done. You and I have discussed this uh, in all of our podcasts. There is a a process to everything, uh, and it takes, you know, there's a competitive advantage that you can get by having an entity like this that is funded, that can develop things like project ideas, master plans, that sort of thing. So it does give both Livingston Parish and itself as an entity an advantage over others. Uh, last but not least, we brought it up a couple of times, but I'd like you to make a couple of comments on um, the Comete River uh, and the Comete River Diversion Canal. 
Um, I, I know that there was a House bill about that this year. I know that Congressman Graves has continued to announce that the price continues to go up, but there is some federal funding there as well. Tell us a little bit about HB 514. Yeah, you know, again, look, I, I don't know, I don't know of anybody that's been more engaged in ARBC um, and and making it successful than than, than I have. Um, I've worked extensively with with CPRA. Um, uh, I've worked extensively with, with Congressman Graves' office, and and we're trying to put us in a position where we can deliver. And um, you know, delivery takes money, right? And um, and you know, going through there, trying to identify funding uh, mechanisms to enable them to do projects. You know, we we had a nine nine point six million, I think, was set aside in reserve funding. So in from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two, Amit River Basin collected property taxes in the Comed Impact area um, for the matching fund requirement of this this federal project. Most state and federal projects have a matching fund comp- component, twenty to twenty five percent, whatever it may be. The state or the the federal government put some skin in the game, but they want the locals to put some skin in the game as well. Um, you know, the, this this project ended up being a billion dollars. It it would have cost us, uh, you know, up, upwards of 200, 250 million to be able to uh, to meet our match. But fortunately, Congressman Graves got the matching re- requirement waived, and and so and there was an increase identified because of inflation and all those other other uh, obstacles that they ran into. Uh, we knew the project was was over 476 million. But we also had the reassurance from Congressman Graves and the Corps that they were going to fund the project. There was no expectations of of the 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 locals matching any kind of part of that project. It was it was waived congressionally, and um and they were so so you had nine point six million that was sitting there uh, that you couldn't do anything with, and um so you know again I'm looking at trying to identify projects uh, that we can do trying to get money sources. So we got nine point six million that's sitting there, this 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 idol that you can't touch. It's reserved. What are we going to do with it? So um, you know, I passed a bill that would enable um, a vote of the people, the people who paid the tax, to rededicate that money for projects that stay within that co-meet impact area. Um, that that could consist of the co-meet. If if it, that money was needed to for construction of the co-meet, you would have to do the same type of legislation to rededicate that money so it can be be used for something else. That money was dedicated specifically to local matching funds. Uh, no local matching funds required. There was an opportunity for us to take that money and put it to work. So my, my, my bill, HB 514, did just that. It allowed the, uh, the Amiant River Basin to take it to the vote of the people who paid for the property tax and rededicate it. It didn't pick any projects. It didn't give any timelines. It didn't, ha- didn't say they had to do anything it just removed the barrier that enabled them to do that. And, um, and you know, my goal in that whole time was to be able to, to generate some projects in the Comed Impact Area. That Comed Impact Area consists of three parishes. Primarily, mostly, is, is made up of the, these are the people who are going to benefit the most from the, the Comed Diversion. Um, it was primarily probably 75% of it's EBR, another small percentage is um, in Ascension, and the smallest percentage of, of impact area in, in Livingston Parish is us. And, and it's basically from 4-H Club Road West. So just the floodplain management area, uh, the floodplain area. So, you know, those are the only people who, who paid for, the, um, for the, the, the property taxes, for the matching funds. So we wanted to regenerate that money, 
by a vote of the people and, and do more projects. I ran into a lot of opposition. Uh, the greatest opposition we had was from those trying to look out for the best interest of, of East Baton Rouge. East Baton Rouge was obligated contractually in an agreement that they have signed many years ago. They're obligated for the maintenance of that project. But e EBR was identified that money, and they wanted that money to be able to use for maintenance. Uh, so that's where most of the opposition came from. And we, uh, we, we proposed the, the bill uh, to rededicate it and re received opposition. So then we amended the bill. I, tried, I amended the bill and tried to pass it that basically said, we're going to take that money that was dedicated for matching funds. When it's not used for anything, we're going to give it back to the taxpayers. And, um, and I tried to amend that bill, and, um, and both measures failed. Um, it was very disappointing to me, but it was obvious that the only people who benefited from the defeat of HB 514 is going to be East Baton Rouge because they are going to try to come back at some point and try to get that money for their maintenance whereas I was trying to get it for more projects in the area and also trying to, um, to rebate it to the, to the, the taxpayers that paid it. And uh, unfortunately, we were unsuccessful. Well, and it, it's, you know, uh, it's interesting because a lot of, we've discussed it, a lot of federal money coming in to complete that project. So they didn't, you know, initial skin in the game was low. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that money going forward because they're still going to have to go to the legislature to try to get it for themselves, correct? Yeah. So, if I may add, you know, you know, I didn't look. I didn't just come up with this idea on my own. Um, you know, I I I discussed this the HB um, five fourteen with a lot of people, including Congressman Graves's office, and um and you know there was no question. There was never a question on whether or not the federal government was going to fund the remainder of that project. We had that that assurance when we filed the bill, and we had the assurance of that when we debated the bill. And, and Congressman Graves uh, confirmed that a couple of days ago when he announced that, that, that in fact, the federal government has, uh, has covered the additional $476 million in, 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 in expenditures overrun. So, you know, what we, what we the, the, the foundation that we based the bill on was the fact that there was going to be no federal uh, matching funds required. Let's free up that money and let's do something with it. And, um, and that was, that was the, the, the basis of it. Um, but again, you know, I've I worked with Congressman Graves' office before we, uh, and CPRA before we proposed the bill, and then and he just confirmed that in fact it is funded, completely funded. So, uh, going to be interesting to see what happens to that money in the future. Well, thank you, sir. Yep. Appreciate the update on uh, drainage and infrastructure. And of course, we always recommend if you were curious about any of the the juicy details that were. Uh, mixed into all this, of course, you can go back and watch the two previous podcasts. The first one was your legislative wrap-up, then a uh, capital outlay, which has usually mostly to do with infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, we just talked about flood mitigation uh, and drainage. So, uh, And, of course, you can see those at www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast. If you introduce yourself, sir. Yes, uh, Buddy Mincy, state rep from District 71, which is the Denham Springs Walker area. And I'm running for Senate District uh, 13. And as always, it's a pleasure to sit down with you, McHugh. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure to sit down and talk with you as well. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time.